Good morning, everybody. Lovely to see you all. Um, apology, I turned up to church a little bit uh, like a drowned rat this morning because I was on my bike in the rain because we now have a dead car. So if anyone knows of anybody selling a car or giving away a car, then let me know at the end. That'd be great. <laughs> it's really great to be able to speak to you uh, this morning. Normally we're out with the young people um, learning lots of new stuff and having fun. Um, and if you have a, a heart to see those young people um, carry on with their journey, uh, with Jesus, then come and speak to me at the end because we'd love to have you on board as well with that two selfish plugs out the way. Um, yeah, so I'm going to put the PowerPoint on if that's great. Nice one. So this morning, like Tim's been saying, um, over the summer, there is no them, only us is the series we've been looking at. And it's about the one another's, if you like so, in greeting, loving, uh, serving. And last week, Andy Mackey spoke about encouraging one another. All of these, how we can be community together. We've been looking at the earliest Christians and some of the commands in the New Testament and how to live in relationship with one another. And I feel many of us here at Riverside do that in our own context so brilliantly well. And to be honest, like if you're not part of a small group or community group or indeed serving in the church, then I really recommend that you get involved in some way. It's a really great way to feel part of the church and to feel um, included uh, outside of Sundays. That would be great. So today, uh, we're going to be talking about honour. Honouring one another above yourself. So I wonder who some of your movie heroes are, maybe Batman or Superman. For me, it's Maximus Decimus Meridius, commander of the armies of the north, general of the Felix Legions, and loyal servant to the true emperor Marcus Aurelius. (laughs) We'll just go with crown. Um, My wife Naomi sometimes will catch me watching films on TV that I've seen millions of times before. And probably we even have that film on DVD somewhere. Hands up anybody else who does that? Few of us, yeah, you'll see it for like five minutes, you'll get hooked, and then that's it. You've got to watch the rest of the film. Um, Gladiator is one of those films for me. Hands up um, anybody who would like to guess when that film was released. Any guesses around the room? Anyone would like to have, yeah, what year? Just a wild guess, but 2003. Not a bad guess. Anybody else? Not a bad guess, anyone? No? 2002. 2002. Not bad. We're going to, it's 2000. 2000. Did you say that? You should have said it. (laughs) Spoiler alert, by the way. But to be fair, the film was released 18 years ago. The scene is right at the end of Gladiator where he dies, we all get our tissues out, and the evil new emperor, Commodus, has challenged Maximus to a duel, um, which is a bit of a stupid idea because he's the commander of the army. Like he has, He's been on the front line with his men and fought battles, and he has the respect of Rome and the respect of his whole army. And the only way Commodus thinks that he's going to win this duel in front of the adoring Colosseum mob is to hurt Maximus before they go out and fight. And Maximus' injuries are too bad despite winning the duel, and he keels over and dies. But why are we talking about this clip? Well, the esteem in this, the esteem that each person has for Maximus is obvious, isn't it? They all want to come forward and carry him out of the arena. They all want to lift him up. He was a soldier of Rome, she says, honour him. The act of lifting him up here is showing great honour. Do you know this morning that God looks at each one of us and honours us? 
He wants to lift each one of us up. He first honors us by sending his son to die a sacrificial death. Why does he do that? He honors us because he loves us. Not because we deserve it, because we don't. He sees our brokenness and our suffering and our feelings of that we're not good enough and he honors us. From that place of him first honoring us, we are called to honor another, honor one another above ourselves. We can honor others because he first honored us. Who are those people in your context that you are honoring, that you are lifting up above yourself? And when we lift someone else up above ourselves, that's when God reveals himself. He reveals himself to a world that doesn't yet know him. It releases the kingdom of heaven and brings his presence. And when we outdo that person in honor, when we practice playing second fiddle, that's when God can reveal himself and we see his presence and the kingdom of God come into that situation. So let's look at what the Bible says um, about it, shall we? We're going to read two verses together from Romans 12, 9 to 10. So if you've got your Bibles, you'd like to turn to it. It's Romans 12, 9 to 10. And you may be familiar with these verses, uh, or you might not be. That's cool as well. So I've got three different versions, and you can pick the best one, which you like, and you can go with that one. So the NIV version says this. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. The message virgin puts it like this. Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Run for dear life from evil. Hold on for dear life to good. Be good friends who love deeply. Practice playing second fiddle. The ESV version says this. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. And in writing to the Roman Christians, Paul has given them and us guidelines for living as redeemed people in a fallen world. And in these three versions, we can see something slightly different in each one. Honor one another above yourselves, practice playing second fiddle, and outdo one another in showing honor. Or it can even mean prefer one another or setting the example. And I remember about six or seven years ago when I was working for a church in Liverpool, uh, we had a Bible meeting uh, in the morning each Tuesday. And this particular Tuesday, one of the fellas there brought these verses to us. And we, spent, we literally spent the next 30 minutes outdoing one another in showing honor by speaking out uh, what somebody else was good at or speaking truth and love over them. Uh, and I've never forgotten it. That was like seven, eight years ago. So this morning, we're thinking about what would it look like if we honored others above ourselves? How would it change the way we behave? How would it change the way we talk and the things we do? Individually, allow yourself to ask this morning, what does it mean for me today in my marriage, in my singleness, in my parenting, or being a young person, or in my friendships? Let's pray. God, we think you're great. Challenge us this morning on how to honor others above ourselves by a move of your Holy Spirit. Teach us to be more like Jesus. Amen. Okay, so I have the classic three things um, that I'd like to think about when it comes to honoring one another above ourselves and how that applies to us today. The first is the way we talk with one another. 
And I wonder what you feel or think when you see this picture. Okay, give us a little cheer if, wait there. Give us a little cheer if you have no idea who these two people are. Hey, okay. Give us a little cheer if you remember exactly where you were when this moment happened. Thank you, there was somebody else, two other people, brilliant. Uh, this moment happened not too far down the road at Edgbaston, uh, 13 years ago now, can you believe that? Um, when England beat Australia by two runs, um, the narrowest margins to level the Ashes series. In the heat of competitive sport, Freddie Flintoff is seen here consoling Brett Lee with the helmet on. He's broken down on his knees uh, because he's just fallen at the very last hurdle. For me, it was an incredible moment of Flintoff honouring Lee by putting his feelings before his own celebrations, all his teammates are off, like round the pitch and stuff, um, by simply talking with him. I imagine he's saying something like, oh, well played, mate. You know, you played great there. You didn't deserve to lose. It's not your fault. You're Australian. It's okay. <laughs> Maybe not the last little bit, but um, a great sportsmanship at the height of elite competitive cricket. Even though he, they may be considered sporting enemies, here we can see a clear brotherly affection uh, for one another, from one player to the other. The, other, the way they are talking uh, with one another is to build uh, the other up. I imagine Brett Lee probably said something back like, well played yourself, mate, you know, you played a great game. Simply by talking with one another here, they're gracefully and humbly lifting each other up by talking with one another. In Ephesians, the Bible says this, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. I once uh, applied to go on a TV show called The Getaway Car. <laughs> Brilliant. It was uh, shown on BBC One, so it was like 7 o'clock, BBC One, prime time. Um, and here's a picture of kind of the kind of things you're getting up to. And you had to take a partner with you. Um, and you're right, I, I, had to I chose my best friend, um, Andy. Okay, so some of you might know that I'm married. So just for the podcast record, Naomi is my, in fact, my best friend. Um, but this is Andy. And it's a kind of mix between Top Gear and Total Wipeout. Like, sounds absolute carnage. So we would naturally, we were bang up for it, right? Um, anyway, the audition was so exciting and we went down to the King Power Stadium in Leicester for the whole day of fun, uh, driving games like reversing around the course while doing Articulate, smashed it. General knowledge quiz, smashed it. It was fantastic. And I think we came a little bit too competitive though and, pro and forgot they were probably looking for partners who made good TV, if you know what I mean, had arguments and stuff. The main pull though, was we were told that we'd be going to faraway lands to film it. Andy and I completely raised our game when we found out it was going to be filmed in South Africa. All expenses paid and all that. Unbelievable. And so, you know when your belly goes funny and you feel a bit weak and you're like overly excited about something? <laughs> we wanted this free trip more than anything in the world. We were like, right, let's do this. Anyway, part of the day, we had to do an interview with a, a camera right in your face. And it was a bit off-putting, but like, I bounced off Andy because he's used to that kind of thing. And in, in the interview, I was asked um, by the, whatever his name, the cameraman or whoever it was, um, 
what do you like about Andy? And I responded by saying, he was the one who's always believed in me, the one I could always turn to. He had my back. I owe a lot to him where I am now because he's always like pushed me and invested in me. And it, we came out of that interview and he said to me, oh, mate, thanks so much for them things. You know, we had banter and stuff. And, but in that moment, I chose to say them things. He said, oh, thank you. Thank you for saying that. Guys, why did I wait till that moment, till there was South Africa on the cards or the chance of being on TV to say those things about him? Why did I wait to honor him? I mean, sometimes he really doesn't need his ego stroking, um, but the way we talk with one another is so important. We can honor our friends and our parents or spouses by the way we talk with them. Let's not wait to the end of the cricket match or till there's a chance of South Africa on the horizon. Let's honor people now. Okay, the second is the way we talk about one another. You know the scene, you, you've got a coffee break at work and someone is talking to someone else about so-and-so and we can so easily slip into talking to someone behind their back, sometimes unintentionally. I suppose we could call it gossiping, uh, which can lead to broken trust or hurt feelings or maybe we'll place blame on someone or joking at the expense of somebody else. A few years back, I was on the youth team at Spring Harvest uh, down in Minehead, and I was selected to play a game to represent the leaders. Uh, the kids have a go, and then the leaders have a go, and points are tallied up and stuff like that. So you, do you remember the game show The Cube? Anybody remember that? Uh, you get nine lives to win uh, a million pounds, and Mo Farah smashed it. He was brilliant. And anyway, the challenge was set under a normal-sized gazebo, uh, walking in between two tram lines. And you had a blindfold on, and you had to walk between these two tram lines. And they were quite narrow lines, but I was quietly confident, you know, I was like, I'm gonna do this for the leaders. And I could manage to get to the other side. Andy, my best friend who you've just met on the screen, he, he was presenting like a game show host. And so he, off, kind of off I went with the kids cheering like full blast, like saying, come on, and you're doing great, great job. And in fact, I've drawn you an incredibly accurate drawing of um, what the, the situation was like, so you got the tram lines, gazebo, yeah, I'm doing really well. Um, and Andy, my best friend, was the loudest of all the people because he had the microphone. And with great glee in his voice, I could hear him saying, yeah, Martin, you're doing a great job. You're doing great. Keep going, Martin. 20, second lady, 20, second late, 20 seconds later, ladies and gentlemen, I hit the gazebo. Yes, I took off my blindfold to reveal I hadn't gone anywhere near the tram lines. Immediately, I'd gone off-piste, and straight away, Andy knew what was happening, and so he was encouraging me to walk straight into the pole and bang my head. Thankfully, I was all right. My ego wasn't too dented in front of 400 people. Um, of course, I can laugh about it now, um, but when people joke at other people's expense or talk about someone behind their back, then, then maybe... Um, or place blame on someone, then maybe the trust can so easily be broken or hear people's feelings. I mean, sometimes those jokes are the loudest things that people hear or place blame on someone or put the gossip we talk about, um, take part in, can put someone else down. Instead, we can choose to honor someone. We can choose to lift them up above ourselves. 
And once again in Ephesians, the Bible, the verses say this. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Only what is helpful for building each other up according to their needs, that I may benefit those who listen. What if at the coffee break, we were the ones bringing honor to people or asking uh, those around us not to jump to conclusions? When we honor people by talking real truth about them, as it says, you know, according to their needs. I mean, this week I was looking through um, some of my old office stuff and amongst it was this little thing here. Uh, that the Riverside youth took part in. Um, and it was a few months into my time at Riverside. Loads of things written about me that was really encouraging. Hopefully you won't be able to read all of them because some of them might be a bit like <laughs> risque. Uh, but that's okay. <laughs> um, but lots of like love and um, positivity spoken over me. And last week I was looking through my old youth Bible and in it was some encouragement, similar things to this. Uh, my old church buddies, uh, that cared about me. And still I hold on to them pieces of paper because it honors me, it lifts me up, and they still do. I wonder if you've spotted something in someone um, and you could honor them. And as we come into land, uh, the third is the last one, uh, and not for the faint-hearted. The third is having a heart of forgiveness. The last, this last point is gonna be really hard for some of us, and how do we honor people that have hurt us or stolen from us? How do we honor people um, that have exploited us? And do you, do you smile? Do you choose to speak well of them? You know, if you're someone here who someone has hurt you or exploited you or mistreated you and the pain is still very real for you, then we want to stand with you as family here. We want to say that you're in a safe place today. We love you. And maybe uh, you could chat with someone that you trust or we have a prayer team uh, that would love to stand with you in that. And we're a community here and we do this together. And honestly, the highest honor we can give someone is forgiveness. As the Bible says in Matthew, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Our people fall short, sometimes much greater than we feel is fair and sin against us. And that's where we can forgive and honor people. We are called to honor all people as God has given us honor. Why? Because he has freely given us forgiveness when we didn't deserve it. As we mentioned before, when we give something of ourselves and give honor, it reveals God and who he is. It reveals him to a world that doesn't yet know him. It puts silence to their wrongdoing or accusations because that's not normal in a world that says, I must obtain honor. A forgiveness releases the kingdom of heaven and brings his presence to that. And by dishonoring, what if we're capping what God wants to do? Maybe he wants to do a mighty work in your family, in your children, in your finances, in your life. He wants to release the kingdom of heaven into your world and wants to break the chains and bring his kingdom into your world. So, let's think about the way we honor people by lifting them up, by the way we talk with them, by the way we talk about them, and having that heart of forgiveness. What will it look like if we do them things? It will look like Jesus.